It's time now for the PDXO Wasp podcast, brought to you by the Open Web Application Security Project. The views of the guests do not necessarily represent the views of OWASP, their sponsors, and other stakeholders. Enjoy the show. We're super delighted to have today Ashish Patel. He's a security engineer on the Box Infrastructure Security Team. He usually lives in the realm of cloud security and automating security-related tasks that scale across multiple clouds and attack surfaces. Ashish, thank you for spending time with us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into cloud security? Yeah, sure. Of course. So, you know, kind of back in the early days of of going through with academic studies and other things like that, I started playing and tinkering more with cloud infrastructure as a whole and kind of building some projects there and really, really trying to understand these different environments that exist, right? And as more and more kind of companies move into this space, uh, we see that, you know, we're constantly facing this new challenge of securing cloud infrastructure itself. And there's various different attack vectors that go along with that and being able to take a look at those environments and how they're scaling and the different security controls around them was always super fascinating to me. So I started kind of initially by building out a lot of my own infrastructure as a side hobby, kind of as I was doing little bit of security at work uh, in this regard, and also just on-prem infrastructure as well. And building out some of the controls and detections and monitoring that we'd have just in a normal lab setup, right? And a lot of the providers kind of give you the ability to do that um, on your own. And and some of them even have free tier options for you to play with that on your own for yourself. And so that's kind of how I got started. The thing that you describe is pretty common with a lot of folks, right? It's just something that maybe you fell into and all of a sudden you find yourself doing it, even on your own time, your own resources. Yeah, totally right. Yeah, so it's something that was just interesting from the start. And I think, you know, the scalability aspect of it and and having the ability to play with all this infrastructure just all from your console, right? And spin up all of these different servers and have the the scale of infrastructure right there in the palm of your hands was really neat. And so, you know, the labs were super helpful and kind of playing with them and then applying them, you know, on, on the real job is, is, is actually what kind of got me super interested in going down that road. So let me start with a blanket statement. And I hear this often, especially when the cloud really was starting to take off. Is the cloud more secure these days than, say, on-premise? And if so, why? Or if not, why not? Or or is it a combination of both? Yeah, I would say, you know, this is a really interesting question. Security in general, I think, depends on kind of the controls that you have in place, you know, whether it's on-prem or public cloud and their ability to be, you know, be catered for each of those environments. I wouldn't necessarily say that one is more secure than the other, right? Because we the due diligence needs to be applied kind of in each, each, each area on its own when both securing a private data center or if it's a public cloud environment or hybrid cloud, uh, whatever that environment may be. And then there's specific things from a security lens, I think that need to be done inside of a public cloud environment that may be easier from a deployment standpoint from the security side. And you can kind of see this, you know, an example for different things like spinning up logging infrastructure, right? I mean, this can be done via the APIs. It's very easy to turn off different discovery logs for network flow logs, for DNS logs, other areas. And you're able to provide security teams a lot of data very quickly to see what's going on in those environments and build out those proper detections using those logs. And there's also a lot of different tools that exist currently open source tools, vendor tools all out there that'll kind of help you get a better understanding of what your security posture is in in these environments. Um, and you can actually use those tools and automate them into your own stack of, of how you're running your security program. And the next piece, you know, on top of that is just the sheer scalability, right? So having the availability of these APIs 
having the ability to write your own detections, build them out, write code that interacts with this, uh, integrate them into your pipeline. That just makes it even easier for you to kind of have everything in one place from codification standpoint, right, to, you know, so to speak, and and have that whole entire pipeline built out the way you want rather than having to worry about all the, the on-prem data, uh, data infrastructure itself and configuring that and the hardware behind that and so forth. If you had to give advice to a security engineer, let's say that's all they've been doing for years. They've been running an on-premise site. That's what they know. But now that person is considering the cloud for the very first time. What would be the top things that you would tell that engineer? Totally. So I would you know, definitely recommend um, just from the start is kind of taking a look at some of the well-known public cloud security standards out there just from some of the reference, some of the references that we use for every other environment, right? So there's CIS, there's NIST, and then specifically there's CSA for public cloud. There's a lot of good information on best practices for these and uh, how you can get the same parity that you would on your on-prem private cloud infrastructure uh, as far as all the security controls go. Public cloud providers also usually provide good documentation on their security model and kind of best practices around how to go about securing your, securing your own infrastructure and environment. And reading these white papers can really help to understand what are the best practices, what are these controls, and how do we go about implementing them, what's involved, and, and how do you mitigate a lot of the risks that could potentially exist in those environments. And along with that, right, we have the different use cases that you have to solve for. So, for example, you know, if you have folks that are working on the engineering side of the organization and they're building something out in a public cloud environment, really want to tailor and get those specific requirements of the different services they're using, what kind of exposures they have, and then tier your security and those best practices around that. So you're really solving for those security needs. Is there usually, from your experience, let's say somebody's in this situation, and I know every project is unique, is it kind of an all for nothing, or have you seen people sort of migrate into the cloud, but maybe step by step? Would would you give any sort of recommendation from it's all for nothing or, or do it gradually, yeah, if that's even possible? Totally, yeah. So I think there are some pieces from like a foundational perspective that you really need, right? And I would say that that foundational layer of security is, is all kind of like your baseline baseline items that you'd have, right? So everything from like a logging perspective and those detection things and making sure you actually have the, the visibility into that data, right? And once you have this fundamental layer of security at the at the monitoring level, then you can kind of dive into specify and maybe dive deep dive deeper into different areas such as IAM, network security, data security, how we're managing access, how we're actually provisioning things and, and managing tokens and roles and other things like that. And that can kind of dive into a deeper realm of, of kind of detail there, right? Starting from that baseline layer. But I think it's a, it is a multi-layered approach and you, know, you have to start somewhere with that foundation. And then from there, you can, you can mature your security program in the public cloud as you go along the way. Good advice. Recently, you wrote an article on Medium.com titled Shifting Left in the Google Cloud Platform, Proactive Security with Organizational Policies. Tell us why you think organizational policies go hand in hand with proactive security and how do things actually get shifted left as a result of these efforts? Yeah, of course. So, you know, the the way we, the way we keep hearing about it every day is, is shift left is this new concept that, you know, kind of means let's put in preventative security rather than having a reactive and a detective approach on it. And this kind of lets us get the ability to actively respond to incidents before they even happen in the first place. And so organizational policies, an example for GCP, you can put these at the top level 
of the entire organization while your projects live, which are just, you know, different subsections within your public cloud environments. And, and with this, we can actually restrict a number of different things that would potentially lead to detective or uh, problematic things for the IR team to go fix. A couple examples of that are things like restricting compute nodes from having public IP addresses in the first place, right? So we're scaling away that, that attack surface of having that exposure. Um, another one is like having only users that belong to your own domain, accessing your public cloud infrastructure, and then being able to silo out who specifically, you know, from a domain perspective can access your environment. Another one would be for preventing long-lived static keys from being cut, right? The, the more keys that you have, the more exposure. And we can actually reduce the threat of key leakage here and, and maybe, you know, advisor engineering folks to use things like shorter-lived tokens and things like that. And these preventative measures can be put in place to, to actually mitigate a lot of the risk before this starts in the first place. And we're really shifting left with some of these tactics that go hand in hand with being proactive because you're not only reducing the risk from the start, you know, but you are enforcing your security standard across the board via cloud native restrictions. And I imagine this, of course, extends to even government or regulatory policies as well, because if especially on the cloud, you have the issues of GDPR and depending on where your data is being stored, that, I'm assuming that those things need to be considered. And if so, even somewhat of a beyond a technical group, what kind of people would you want together to create these organizational policies? Yeah, of course. So you could really look at kind of a lot of the controls that you have from a compliance perspective and say, you know, how can we solve for these in a more preventative manner rather than detective or reactive and say, if we, we aren't supposed to have public exposures or we need to have all of our data storage buckets locked down, whether it's privately or only specific to a certain amount of IPs or otherwise, we can really tier those controls and then build our organizational policies, for example, to adhere to those. So we're meeting them from the start and we don't even have to have something that will catch that at the end because this is something that's being preventative from the start there. And then along with that, we'll still have all the monitoring to make sure that nothing is getting kind of uh, passed down through the pipeline as we're monitoring the changes on those org policies and also the behavior in those environments. And I'm assuming it's it's an iterative process over time. These things evolve as you get better with both the technology, as you, especially when you're talking about the monitoring aspect of it as well. I'm assuming new things arrive from that, just from that exercise too. Oh, totally. Yeah. So there's always going to be new services available, new APIs. A lot of these cloud providers are building out new tools to help you detect things. And then these can be fed into your pipeline. So that's always you know changing as we speak. And there's new functionalities being added. And, and that should always be reviewed from a, hey, how are we solving for all of our security problems in this space? And does a, does a provider itself have a special tool that we want to use? Or is there something we, can, we need to build in-house? But there's always the constant learning of these new things and, and how to better meet those standards that you have. So let's shift gears a little bit. Besides the policy, some stuff that I think is really interesting, and I wish I had a chance to see that. You did a workshop at B-Sides at San Francisco, one of the few ones that we had this year, an introduction to do-it-yourself cloud security automation with Python. And you also wrote a really, really good article about it on Medium. Tell us about the workshop and why security automation is so important to address security, orchestration, automation, and response, the whole sort of thing. 
Totally, yeah. So I think security automation, right, in any environment, I think is important. This can really save a lot of time and increase your ability to respond to malicious events, depending on you know how large your IR team is and whatnot. And even for smaller shops, right, this may, may be even more beneficial. And it's more likely than not the, that the code and the automation that you're writing might actually be better than the humans behind them as far as being able to detect them in a, at a faster cadence, have the data that's uh, the more accurate as far as what we're seeing that's in violation of something that's going wrong in our public cloud environment. And in this workshop, we really wanted to demonstrate how to do that for students, right? If you are if you have your own small shop and, and you're part of a smaller security team and you really wanna to put this in place, how would you do that? So we kind of walked them through a few different steps on how to go about that. Spun up uh, your own log, we had the students spin up their own logging infrastructure using Splunk, AWS CloudTrail with Terraform. And this was good for students to be able to understand, you know, the power of infrastructure as code, right? And how really easy it is to spin up your own infrastructure that can support what you're trying to do from a security perspective. And then the next piece there is walking them through how to use Python with AWS Lambdas and remediating misconfigurations that you're seeing in your public cloud environment as, as quickly as they happen, right? So as soon as as soon as this misconfiguration happens, we'll have code that's scanning this environment in real time and the, the remediation will happen almost instantly as well right behind that. And the automation is important here because the public cloud environments can really be large as far as scale goes. And there can be so many resources across many different regions that have to be watched over. And this creates an issue of having to monitor all of those somehow. And you know, with a human, that's very difficult because there's so much infrastructure at one time. How do you make sure that all of it's in compliance? I mean, there's many you know different store products available, uh, lots of different open source tools that kind of look at your overall compliance. But we kind of wanted to give a few examples of how this is done in our workshop where we demonstrate you know, with a little bit of Terraform, Python, understanding of how these services work. You can actually build your own, tune them to your liking, create this type of automation flow that reduces the mean time to resolution when it comes to misconfiguration, and then kind of benefit the overall posture from like a, a perspective of time and also um, threat mitigation um, in an automated fashion. That's pretty cool. Have you done any work in more, because you mentioned Splunk and some other pieces. I know some of these tools even have machine learning and some predictive models. Have you ever worked in any of that area as well and considered using that? Yeah, totally. So there's there's a few you know different tools out there. A lot of these cloud providers are actually starting to dig into, hey, what's the baseline of our environment? I know there's some various vendor tools that actually take a look at the machine learning behind, hey, if you have a cloud environment and your normal day-to-day activities look like this, and this is your baseline of IEM usage, compute usage, other things like that, and you see something straying from that, maybe we want to flag that to our IR team to further investigate. And I think that's something that can be helpful. Obviously, you know, there's always the, the room for false positives in this area, which I think, you know, baselining is very important. This is something that I have worked with, right? And it's really important to kind of identify what those false positives are, see why they're happening, especially if you're using a tool to do this, you really want to make sure that the noise there is limited and you're actually getting valuable findings out of the product that you're using or or the automation that you're using for ML and baselining. Yeah, the data preparation is always the toughest part, getting rid of the noise and bias and everything else from that. Totally. So I know we're all quarantined these days, but do you have any upcoming events or things that you would like to plug? Yeah, so we were supposed to present the upcoming B-Sides Austin for our our Cloud Security Automation Workshop. And I think, you know, it'd be really helpful for folks to kind of walk through that workshop. We will have the GitHub link posted in there as well. 
to share with folks on, on, you know, how to roll that out and work on it on your own and set up all the infrastructure. But I think it's helpful just to get a sense of, you know, what that looks like and, and what that real kind of automated pipeline looks like for ticketing your your different data flows and, and can, misconfigurations in that environment. And I think that would be really helpful. Um, besides that, you know, nothing yet. I know a bunch of conferences got canceled so far, but we'll see once things start opening back up. But I'm excited to kind of continue doing that and sharing more. Perfect. Yeah. And send us the links. I know I have your, your articles but anything else and we'll definitely include it in the podcast notes so people can go to it right away awesome so thank you so much ashish for being our guest today stay safe and of course stay healthy hope to see you in person someday you too john thanks so much thank you to hear this podcast again visit anywhere a podcast is played for more information go to owasp.org forward slash www forward slash chapter forward slash portland